to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves, and I want to first start by saying I hope all the uh, mothers out there had a beautiful and wonderful Mother's Day. Um, Hopefully you got to see some of your family and be celebrated properly. All right, so what have I been doing this week? Um, This week for me, it's been pretty chill. Um, I've been watching some TV, so I did watch... Uh, Michelle Obama's Becoming documentary when that came out on uh, when did it come out on Wednesday of this week um, of last week and uh, I enjoyed it um, it was really good and when I watched it it made me feel like you know how much I miss um, just normalcy you know um, and what I mean by that just having um, you know good leadership and uh so I really enjoyed it. I like that it showed her going like in the cities that she went to. She um, she went back and she had like small groups and where she would talk and things like that. And so it was kind of cool just being able to um, to see that as well. Um, let's see. Oh, I also watched and I actually stayed up last night. So I'm super tired today. I stayed up really late and I binge watched um, Normal People and that's on Hulu. Um, what's funny is I actually just bought that book for one of my friends um for her birthday and I actually plan on reading myself but I hadn't gotten gotten around to even starting it so when I saw normal people I didn't realize that that was the um tv adaptation of the book and um the show was really really good um it was sad um some moments in there but uh it is it has so many complexities and so many things that I really could literally um, spend a whole episode breaking down the TV show and talking about. Um, I plan to watch it again, but that's how much I really enjoyed it. So if you're looking for something to watch on TV, um, definitely check that out. It's only a 30 minute episode, so it's not even that hard to kind of get through. Um, so, yeah, so that's all I've really been doing. Uh, today um, I'm recording on, on Sunday morning and uh, my mom is on the way over here. And we're going to plant um, an herb garden. Uh, so we're doing that together today and just um, spending some time. I'm going to order um, dinner for everybody. I'm going to do some takeout. I'm not going to cook today and uh, just chill because um, I haven't actually been around my mom um, in two months since since we've been in lockdown. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much what I have going on today. I'm actually, uh, you know, really excited to just... Um, have a level of normalcy today and try to spend time with my family. So, um, I'm looking forward to that. I was telling my friend, um, the other day, I haven't seen my sister in two months either. And so, um, she actually had to come, um, to where I live, her and her husband had to come through and they came by and they surprised me and they, um, they came by the house just to say, Hey, uh, and I didn't realize like just in the moment, just how much, you know, um, I miss my family uh, until I actually saw her and saw him. And so that was really cool. And so I'm just ready to, you know, hopefully get back to a level of normalcy once everything is pretty much safe to do that. Uh, I'm sure everybody probably feel the same way that I feel. Um, But that's all I really had going on, you know, just maintaining, you know. So let's move forward to some Motivational Monday. Um, I have a tweet here. Let me pull it up. Okay, 
So I got this from Inspirational Quotes on Twitter. And the tweet is, one of the happiest moments in your life is when you find the courage to let go of what you can't change. Um, that actually spoke to me when I saw that because uh, there are things that I'm still working through. Um, and so uh, letting go of something and, and relieving yourself of that weight is so important. And, and that's why I, you know, want to share that for motivational Monday. So if it's something that you feel like you're struggling with, whether it's people or it's past hurts or anything, um, definitely finding the ways to get through that is very important because you don't want something weighing you down, you know, and fucking up your spirit just because you're still sitting with it. All right. So my black excellence this week. So last night, um, I logged into the Jill Scott and Erica IG live. Um, super fucking dope. First of all, um, at first, you know, I was like, well, are they going to sing, you know, sing live, but you know, they really didn't even have to. I enjoyed, I, I watched the whole entire three hours they were on and, um, I had my wine, um, we had it on the TV. And so, um, even the kid came out and so we all watched it together, um, like as a family. And so it was, it was dope. And the thing is like, it was so necessary and it was so beautiful just to see, you know, two black women. That's basically just, they literally just sat and was having a whole kiki section session with each other. And, um, and, you know, just talking and vibing, it got up to over, I think the highest was like 750,000 people that tuned in. Um, a lot of celebrities tuned in, Michelle Obama tuned in, you know, giving her requests and things like that. And so it was really cool. And, uh, they dropped so many nuggets and gems when they were talking, um, that I actually, you know, took a lot away from the, um, the IG battle. And it's actually some of the things that, you know, I've been going through, that's been going through my mind, you know, just saying like, as far as like, you know, creatives, uh, one time Jill Scott was just like, you know, don't just sit on your work. You know, if you're writing and you're creating, you know, it's your job, you know, basically just to share it to the world. Because once you've pretty much created it and say you wrote something, you have it down, it no longer belongs to you. It has to be shared to the world. So I thought that was really cool. Um, all of it, you know what I'm saying? They both, they both look beautiful. They both was chilling. And, um, I was just excited for all, all, uh, the music. They played all the songs that I wanted them to play. So I was happy about that. Um, it was dope. It was really dope. Um, I think it was so necessary. And I, and so many people, um, even like on my timelines and, you know, Facebook, when I was talking to people about it, everybody that I talked to thoroughly enjoyed it. So I thought it was cool. I wouldn't really say it was a battle. It was more so just, you know, two women coming together in celebration and it was so much, you know, just black excellence. So I definitely wanted to, uh, give it to Jill and Erica today. Um, because that was totally dope last night. It was totally a moment, uh, totally a mood. So it was everything. All right. And so today I'm not going to do, um, hot topics. I'm more so just going to talk about, um, some of the stuff going on in the world. Uh, so I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the Mata Arbery case. Uh, I know this is something that everyone is talking about, um, this week, and I kind of wanted to share my thoughts on it. So I got a text message this week from one of my friends and it was crazy because, uh, she listens to my podcast, but you know, I talked to her, um, about some of the things that's happened to me before. And I was telling her, um, which I shared on here on, on an episode back, I'm not sure which one, 
And I was saying that, um, when the day that I was out running and I always run like on the main road and I was telling my therapist, I was like, you know, there's times that I know these different, um, routes. I have this route app for runners and, um, it takes you through neighborhoods to go out like on another side and just, you can basically, you can set it up to go like five miles, six miles, however long you want to go. And it gives you a route that you can go. And I never do the routes because I'm never comfortable with running through neighborhoods that I don't belong in, like, like that I don't live in. And I never know if anybody's going to like, you know, um, perceive me the wrong way for, you know, cause I live pretty much, uh, in, in the neighborhood that I live in and I'm like a minority. It's not many black families in the neighborhood that I live in. And so my friend texts me and she was like, you know, I was thinking about you and you know, you should make sure that you're careful, you're careful when you run. And it was crazy because, and it's sad and it really hit me this week, you know, when she texts me that this week, um, because when I run, I run in running gear, you know, where I have, if it's getting, you know, I don't really run in the dark too much, but if it's, you know, semi, like I run with a light, I run with a runner pack and all that. And, you know, a few weeks ago, um, I think the beginning of the year, I spoke about this, about how I was running on the main road and beside where I live is a grocery store and how the woman was so frightened by me running on the sidewalk. And I wasn't even, I wasn't even near her. You know, I would have had to come down into the parking lot to even be near her. And, you know, she scared me by the noise that she made, like basically jumping into her car, I guess, because she was frightened of me as a black person running. And, um, when I told my friend about that, I was like, yeah, it was just crazy. And I kind of just, you know, like not laughed it off, but just kind of was like, you know, make it make sense. It's just absolutely crazy. And it's sad that, you know, when you're wanting to go out for a run or you want to just go out into the world, like you have to think about, um, you know, certain things like we have, you know, um, a kid and he's 17 he's a, you know, black male. And so even times like he goes out and he walks the dog sometimes at night, you know, I have to be like, please don't wear your hoodie, you know, like over your head and things like that. And it's like sad that you have to have these conversations, even though you live in this place, but you don't want people to think that you're some kind of threat. And for whatever reason, you know, you could be doing absolutely nothing. And there are some people in the world that think that just because you're black, that you're a threat. And so, uh, so I, I thought about this case this week because, you know, this week we saw that, they released a video and it's such a sad case because it's, I think it's sad from the standpoint of, um, he was shot and killed in February and now it's May and they just now make an arrest in regards to this months later. And it's mainly due to the fact that this video was leaked and then it started getting so much press in regards to the video. Um, I later, you know, when I kind of was looking through, saw that it was actually, um, I think a friend of the suspects that released the video because they are basically trying to prove that the suspects were in the right. And here, and here's my thing, like, regardless of, you know, whatever the situation, if somebody is, you're running and somebody is chasing you down in a car, cutting you off from running and all that stuff and telling you to stop and come talk to them. Um, I don't know anybody in their right frame of mind that would stop and go talk to these people who you don't know. And he probably was afraid. I would have been afraid. You know, I, I wouldn't have, why does he have to stop and talk to you? You don't have to talk to anybody about anything, especially when you're not even doing anything. 
And I don't get the logic of that because I've been seeing like, you know, people comment and saying like, well, he should have just, you know, did what they said, but why does he have to? Like that, that's the thing. Like, why, why does he have to stop? That's what really upsets me with this, with this whole thing. Like if I'm, if I'm personally out and I'm minding my business and I'm walking down the street or something, I don't have to stop for nobody because I'm not doing anything. And I mean, I would have been scared of death too. I would, I would have kept running too. And so then, you know, they're like, oh, well, he fall back. Well, if somebody jumps out of their car and I watched the video and it was horrible, the man jumped out of his car with a fucking shotgun. Um, I would have fought back too. Cause you're fighting for your life. You don't, you don't know what these people are trying to do to you with a freaking shotgun and then to be shot dead like that in the street. I mean, it was, you know, to me, it was just a modern day lynching. It was horrible, you know, and that's not making a citizen arrest. And what are you making a citizen arrest on? You know what I'm saying? Because you're saying that it was, and which they've, they've now debunked that, but he was saying that it was robberies that happened in the neighborhood and, you know, and all this stuff. And so this is turned into a thing because even the stories that's been said and all of that, it doesn't really even make sense. You know, I wish that we lived in a world where it was, um, everything was equal and balanced, you know, and things like that. Like, you know, you don't automatically look at a white person and say, oh, well, because they're white, they're, that they're a threat, you know? And unfortunately, we live in a world where because of the color of your skin, that's what people automatically think. You know, it happened to me. I mean, I was running, minding my business, and I run with my headphones on, all of that. And yeah, the the woman, you know, was completely frightened. There's been times that I live, you know, like I said, on the other side of me is another grocery store. And I like to go and get my steps and, you know, go out into the world. So I'll walk to the grocery store sometimes if I'm getting something small. There's been times I've, you know, been walking and, you know, you see somebody lock their door and things like that. And it's just beyond me that, you know, when that happens, because I'm sitting here with, you know, uh, a million degrees and highly educated and everything else. Um, I don't need anybody else's money or anything like that to where I would even think to rob somebody or anything like that. And I don't even think that I even look like a, a threat in any form. But that's happened to me countless of times where, you know, someone locked their door if I'm walking on the sidewalk, mind you, to the grocery store and things like that. And so it's just, it's really sad. Um, you know, my thoughts and prayers to the family. That's all I've been thinking about because even though they were arrested, what's sad about the thing is that, and I put this on my, um, my Instagram, it's sad from the standpoint of you really don't even know if they're really going to get justice. It's so, we live in a world where it's like, we've seen, we've seen this, we've seen people get, you know, arrested, go to trial and, and, you know, get let off. I mean, look at the, you know, Trayvon Martin case. And so I'm hoping that justice is served because they definitely murdered this kid for no reason. And it's not up to you to sit and say somebody's a threat. And because of that, you're going to just take them out. You know, I don't, I don't know what world is that okay especially if no crime was being committed. So, you know, I, I just hope that um, justice is served, but it's already starting to just become, a you know, a larger thing, you know. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but um, it just really has been on my spirit this week, you know, when my friend texted me and was like, you need to be careful when you're out running. And to me, 
that's just really sad that somebody actually would, you know, it was nice somebody would think of me, but it was just sad that they would say that to me, you know, and that we live in a world where um, we can't just exercise in peace without someone thinking that you're a threat or having the, or feeling the need to um, want to take you out, you know. So that's really been heavy on my heart this week. So I wanted to just kind of talk about that and, um, you know, hopefully something get done in regards to it. All right, so let's just roll into the uh, thought of the week this week. So this week, um, I was on social media, and uh, one of my sorority sisters had posted this article, um, and it was about this woman that um, was found murdered by her boyfriend. He he had put her in a freezer. Um, And so she also started posting I guess she went to the woman's page and it was crazy because the woman was um she's in a picture with her boyfriend and she's like you know you're the love of my life but in the picture she has a black eye and that was just when I saw that I was like wow and then literally um a couple months later I think maybe two months this just happened like I think a week ago um you know she was found dead you know across in a I guess it was an apartment or something across from um like a few feet away from where you stay and um so I've had this conversation a lot where you know people are like and I and I hate having these conversations because I think sometimes we can just be so ignorant when it comes to abuse and how things like that happen and um it's more than just you being in an abusive relationship uh is levels to it. And so today I wanted to talk about, um, how people can mistake love for a lot of things and how abuse can happen. And also, you know, want to just also put in a theory too, when it comes to sometimes on why do people stay with their abusers? Um, is it love or is it a, a level of Stockholm syndrome? Um, so just to give a definition of Stockholm syndrome and what it is, is feelings of trust or affection felt in many cases of kidnapping or hostage taken by a victim toward a captor. Um, and so, you know, when I say and think about that, uh, I know what, a year and a half ago, um, Lifetime came out with the surviving R. Kelly documentary, um, which was, uh, if you watched it, it was very fucked up. And, um, so, you know, all on social media, people are like, well, they, they stayed with him. They, you know, why would they, you know, be with him all that time? You know, it it had to be, it can't be that he's really doing these things. And, um, just basically trying to debunk what the women were saying because they stayed. Um, also, you know, I hate when people make the statement of, oh, well, there were eight, you know, some of the women were 18, 19, but do people not realize that just because you are, they say that you're at a legal age at 18, you're not a, really an adult. Like I left home at 17 when I went to college and undergrad and I wasn't, I wasn't an adult, you know, like, I mean, I was out, you know, doing the next stages in life, but I still had a lot of learning to do. I still had, um, a lot of immaturities. I mean, I grew up you know, basically throughout college, you know, that was me growing up even into my early twenties where I still needed, you know, advice and needed, and needed, you know, um, 
you know, adult in a sense, because I wasn't fully an adult just because I was the quote unquote legal age. I mean, you're stupid as, as a teenager, you do stupid shit. And if you're, you know, if you have a celebrity coming at you, who you, you know, admire and you look up to or something like that, um, it's pretty easy to fall into a fucked up situation. And so when I think about that situation, um, I definitely felt like, you know, the, all the women were basically saying the same thing, like how, you know, at first he would give you this sensitive person and he would just, you know, tell you all these things he struggled with and tell you like the things that, you know, happened to him in his life to where you start to, you know, grow an affection for this person and you start to feel sorry for them. So then even when they are abusing you, you more so are, you know, saying, you know, feeling sorry for the person that's doing it to you, you know, it's because of the, it's because of these things that happened to him is why he's doing this to me. And a lot of times that's how, that's how abuse kind of starts, or they will say things that bring you down, you know, such things as, you know, you're worthless. It's your fault. You know, just like in the gaslighting, you know, um, episode that I did, you know, they'll do all these things to where it now is broken you down as a person to where you might get to the point that you feel like, well, I did this wrong to him. So I deserve this abuse and this punishment because it's my fault or you feel worthless about yourself. And that's how, you know, abuse kind of like starts. So when I saw, um, this case about this woman, you know, it was just, it was really sad. And so my thing is, you know, when I say and think about, um, how women, you know, or men get into these situations, um, I don't always know the answer to that, to be completely honest. Um, because it could be, you saw abuse when you were growing up to where you think that it's a level of normalcy to have abuse. Um, it could be a lack of self-love and self-worth. Um, it could be a level of, you just met the wrong person. And then this person, you know, engulfs you in their, in their, you know, um, toxic situation. And now you're just kind of in it. And I never judge people, um, for any situation. And I think sometimes that as people we're quick to judge, just like when people were talking about the R Kelly documentary and they were just going on and on and on about it and saying that like the women knew and they made that choice, but it's wrong to say that it's, it's wrong to, you know, feel that way because it's very easy, you know, to feel sorry for a person and then you stay. And then, you know, even if you are getting abused and you know, you know, what's going on is wrong. You just, you just stay. And I think, um, and, and my thing was, you know, I think is, um, I think it's a level of Stockholm syndrome and where people confuse that with love because love shouldn't be where love shouldn't hurt. Love shouldn't, no one should be punishing you or putting their hands on you and things like that. Like love shouldn't be this fucked up thing. Right. And, you know, if it's ever a time that you feel like that you are in a situation like that, you definitely have to have the strength and find the strength to leave and get out the situation. Um, definitely therapy in that instance, you know, especially like, all the women, I think that was with R. Kelly, I, I hope sought therapy because if you were in some shit like that, like you definitely should talk to somebody, um, in regards to that, because it's, it's fucking trauma. 
you know, very much so. Um, that has to be, you know, um, out. Now I often wonder, and I mean, I guess one day I'm probably going to, I'm going to have this conversation again with, um, with a therapist on here and just kind of, you know, dissect it. I often wonder too, like when people are in abusive relationships, like what is going on inside of you to where you have a history of being in abuse relationships? Like I, you know, I know people who all they've ever been in have been abusive relationships. And why is that? Like, is it a, is it a brokenness there? Is it something inside of you that sends off signals into the world to other people that you are somebody that can be abused? And, and this is me just raising the questions. Like, I don't really know the answers to that. I can have assumptions on what I think, but um, I haven't looked thoroughly into that. And so when I was looking at that article and even down to, it was another show I watched. Um, what was the name of it? What was it? Abducted in Plain Sight, I think I want to say. That Netflix documentary um, about the little girl that was kidnapped by um, the, uh, he was a child molester. And she ended up, you know, even when she got older, like going back to him. Um, and even then, like when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is crazy. How is this possible? But it's very much possible because he, uh, what I, I can't remember how old she was. I think she was like 10, nine, nine or 10 when it first happened. And she believed what he said. You know, he was, he came over to the house and things like that. Like he was around her and, you know, she doesn't know what's going on as a kid. You don't know what's going on. And so she, she felt that she loved him. And I think in her mind, she really think that she really felt like she did. And that was definitely uh Stockholm syndrome for sure. Um, because she had love feelings for her captor. Like he actually was, he actually kidnapped her and, you know, she didn't quite grasp the fact that she was kidnapped. Um, and so I think we see things like that a lot. Um, I more so just want to just kind of like talk about it today, just because when I saw that article, and I saw this woman, you know, sitting there with a black eye with this man. Um, so much sadness just kind of poured over me. I feel like this week I've been purging myself of just, you know, um, you know, really asking myself the questions of why, um, dissecting why do things like this happen? Um, what happens when you're, when you're in that situation, you know? And also admiring the fact that, you know, some women have the ability to get themselves out of the situation. And I think it takes, um, I think what happens was when you finally feel like enough is enough, I think it takes for a, a point for something to happen, something that really shakes you and wake you up to where, you know, you're like, okay, this is not right. I can't do this shit anymore. You know, I want to get out. And I think until that moment happens, I think you stay until you have a moment of clarity. And then once you have a moment of clarity, that's when you usually see women like, no, I'm getting out of here or, you know, the latter of, of what happens where that, whether they, you know, at times you see them kill their abuser or things like that because they feel like it's no way out. You see that too. Um, but I think it, it's a moment that comes, whether you break, you snap, or you have a moment of clarity where it's like, I'm going to run and get out of here. You know, also, uh, I talked to Taylor about this a little bit 
on my IG live, just about how I've been seeing more and more, um, like even here, but I was thinking, I was looking at in California, they were saying that the shelters are filling up and they're actually having to put people in hotels because the level of domestic violence is so bad. And women are like running right now during COVID during this COVID period to where like the shelters and stuff is filling up. Um, because the level of abuse is heightened so much, I guess, from being in the house and, you know, being around each other or whatever for so, so much. And so my heart just goes out and I more so wanted to talk about this today. And I don't know, you know, um, I get a lot of feedback from the show and, you know, I know a lot of people are listening to some of the things I'm saying. And I just hope that if there is somebody listening that is, uh, experiencing this or affected in some kind of way, you know, definitely leave and definitely try to get help. Talk to somebody, you know, if somebody you trust or anybody that can help you, you know, don't be embarrassed by what you're experiencing. But the most important thing is to get out because just like this woman, um, that I saw the, you know, this week in this article, you know, um, clearly she was in an abusive relationship and, you know, it, you know, he took her life. And I just think it's, is really sad um, to see. And so I wanted to spend a few moments today just talking about that. Um, and just giving a little overview of just, you know, uh, domestic violence and Stockholm syndrome and how, you know, people can stay with their abusers. And it's, it's no judgment on that because those things, it happens. And for whatever reasons you stay, you know, I think a lot of times it's a lot of emotional, um, abuse, manipulation, you know, people making you feel like they have problems and they can't help the things that they're doing, but it's all fucked up and it's all abuse. So it doesn't matter. Love should not hurt. Love should not be violent. You know, no one should be putting their hands on each other, period. Because you have to question a lot of things when somebody do that. If somebody love you, they shouldn't be attacking you in any kind of way or saying things to bring you down, you know, or hurting you in any kind of way. All right. So that's all I had this week on um, my thought of the week. Uh, we can definitely, you know, continue the conversation. I'm always around. Um, definitely uh, um, like, follow, subscribe. You can find me on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, most streaming uh, devices, Google. Um, I'm pretty much there. So my Instagram is at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. My Twitter is IJMT podcast and my email. If you ever want to contact me, there is IJMT podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. I am probably going to do IG live for wellness Wednesday this week. Um, I did a little early last week. uh, So I hope to start around 7 PM Eastern standard time this week. So definitely hop on. Um, You know, we can have conversation. Um, Yeah, but that's it. But like always, um, I thank you so much for listening. It's Mika here and I appreciate you.